Welcome to The Metal List, where we count down our top five personal favorites. A little bit of a different intro today, because... We need a logo. We need a fucking logo. So whether you're a graphic designer or maybe you just fuck around with Photoshop, we're going to have a contest running till the end of May? No. April. Oh my god. <laughs> all the way to first weekend of May. And we'll take all submissions of any kind. But hit us up with all your submissions. We're, we're open to anything. Send all your submissions to medalistpodcast at gmail.com. If we choose yours, obviously you'll get credit everywhere where we're available. All social media in the show notes of the show. You'll also get a free t-shirt when we get some shirts made or whatever merch we have. Until then, what time is it, Jason? I'm ready for some fucking God hammered. And now your hosts, David Dilo Lopez and Jason Smith. This is the Metalist. Welcome, one and all, once again to the Metalist podcast. As always, I'm Dave. I'm Jason. Thanks for listening to us whenever and wherever you're listening to this. Today we're going to talk about something a little different and something um, you don't always think of when you think metal or even we're breaking the rules. hardcore or punk or anything in the more aggressive area. Breaking the law. Breaking yeah, the law. we're talking acoustic songs. Now, is there a role for acoustic, you know, guitars in heavier music? What do you mean? Just like, like, I think when a lot of people think of heavier music, they don't immediately go to acoustic stuff. But a properly equipped acoustic instrument can be very effective in heavier music, I think. Especially if it's used in the right context. I, I You know, going through a lot of these songs, I was like, man, a lot of these little interludes and stuff don't need to be here in a lot of these songs. And then there's, you know, some that are really, really example. effective. I need an example. Just like a lot of the weird little acoustic interludes in, in like some of the Black Sabbath or even like I was listening to some of the weird random Darkest Hour stuff. It's cool. It's just like filler to me. Not filler. I don't want to say that, but I mean it is. I don't want to say it, but it is. It's one of those. But, you know, we talked about Fade to Black by Metallica, how that all kind of builds the song up from kind of a bass line. We talked about, I think it was last week or no, the week before, we talked about the beginning of Battery and how the acoustic guitars and that kind of set the stage for what's to come. Like, I think, you know, acoustics in, in heavy music can make for an interesting little bedfellow. And then we talked, you and I talked uh, between messages about what constitutes this list today. So we're saying no instrumentals, no strict instrumentals, no distortion except for the solos is what you were saying as well. Yeah, because I wouldn't consider Fade to Black an acoustic song. Right, yeah. It just has, it has acoustics, but it's not an acoustic song. So we were trying to settle the little... The stipulations for this particular list today, and uh, I, I think we both expressed that like we started. I started having not enough 
selections at first and then like when i really got into it i had too many to choose from and i still i have a lot of honorable mentions today so we want to get right into it i mean i got like we got some stuff to say but i mean right off the bat i think i wrote down like fucking 12 songs god damn that's a sizable number (laughs) but yeah i mean i had to know like because i think i did look up one list just to see what other people had and it was all power ballady, like right. At some point, distorted guitars come into it, and I'm like, that's not that doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. It was like, Mama, I'm not, coming home. Not one what of them. I wanted for this particular list. I mean, we could do that. But another thing is like, also acoustic versions of regular songs. Oh yeah, that was a whole other. You could thing. literally type in acoustic version on Spotify and get a fucking zillion songs, man. And I'm like, you know, I don't think that's what. I thought of when you said, you know, hey, let's do acoustic songs. So mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, no, I'm not going to let that count. That could be a totally different episode because some of those songs, like the acoustic version of a song, it can change the song so much. Yeah. And some of them are just like, I can't remember what the fuck I was looking at, but it was like, I mean, I think the original version is like clean guitar or something. I'm like, there's not that much different. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of distinctions where I like thought a song was acoustic and then came to realize after listening to again that it actually wasn't. Uh, So that was a bit of a learning curve on some of these. So, I I mean, for that, for that, it would be a completely different list. It would be because on one hand you would think like, oh, well, yeah, if this song doesn't sound that much different, that's not going to make that list for me because I would kind of be going for songs that are like massively different or even possibly better. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, yeah, I just I didn't want to get into that and then obviously the power ballads, I'm like, you know, that could be its own list too if we want to. Like so Absolutely, I was like, yeah. well, fuck it. Like so then I started looking into this and I'm like, wow. I started thinking about it. I was like, man, there's not a lot of them. Like, like as far as like concrete original, <laughs> Just straight up fucking original yeah. song written completely acoustic. There's not a ton of them. Yeah, you know, definitely not like, oh, we're just gonna do the acoustic version of this song. So yeah, yeah, we can get into it, man. Like, start off with some honorable mentions and some bullshitting. Yeah, um, I can start off this week. So one that came to mind after thinking about it was uh, "Horns and Tails" by Poison the Well. And that's the little acoustic, it's not an interlude, it's it's sort of a ballad, but it's not a power ballad, but it's kind of a, a shimmery guitar thing in the middle of, you know, that transitional album for Poison the Well where they were still heavy, but they were getting even more melodic than they already were, uh, sandwiched in between two heavier songs, you got this little ballady thing called Horns and Tails, and it's, it's probably Ryan on guitar, Ryan Primack, and then Jeff singing... What I didn't realize till way later was like he's actually like screaming "fuck you" in the background on one part, and uh, that was a nice little touch. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, you know, I love that album in general, and that's a nice little. And then like it, uh, the album uh, ends with Parks and what it meant meant to me or whatever. It ends with that acoustic part again, and then turns into the beginning of Botula. I, that's a fun little song to me, dude. You familiar with that one? No clue. Yeah, 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 it's it's a nice. No little, clue. It's a nice little thing to break up the uh, the otherwise heavier sections of that album. So is it a long one or is it short or is it just normal? <laughs> I'd say it's normal. Normal length. It's not. It's it's shorter than anything else, but it's you know, it's a little something to to add another flavor uh, to the I just album. Out of one. Ah, one of those. <laughs> what is it? 
Let me make, let me think of it real quick. It's because I'm trying to. That was the big thing. Like some of the stuff I did have to go listen just to make sure. Because I also exactly. Had, I was thinking of Angel Sun. Oh, from uh, Seven Dust. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, John yeah. Witherspoon. That's a good call. There is there's heavy guitars. The there's yeah. There's like, there's. Oh wait. There, um, there's two versions. Yeah, and so the one I heard, I think the one on the actual like tribute album didn't have. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Too. That actually is way different upon hearing them back to back. And I had to go on. Yeah, there's uh, like all kinds of like fucking orchestration and shit. Yeah. Um, so the one I was just thinking, I just literally just thought of was uh, Fit for a King, Transcend. Mm. I love that fucking song. I know they're a Jesus band. There's some good Jesus bands. I know that they, uh, there's a part in there. It's like, you know, pray for something more, pray for this new day. Or pray for this to end, or something. like that. I can't remember all the words. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've ever looked up the words. I mean, you know, I have my own words in my head. I guess. Oh yeah, no. I, it's I just got a really like. So when I was splitting up with my son's mom, it was very soothing. You know, like basically, it's a, kind of a song. It's gonna say like, you know, you were made for so much more. There's so there's something to live for. You know, it's like a very like you know, hey, you man, you'll be okay. Kind of a song. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, and I listen to it all the time. It's really pretty. Nice. And the dude sings really good. I mean. It's they don't have a lot of singing on that album. I think there's there, uh, there's there is a lot of the singing on that album is like actually guest guys. Yeah. But this is I think it's like the actual singer and it's uh, really good. In fact, I just thought of another one too. Is a uh, Mother of God. I can't remember the name. Anyway, give me an honorable mention. All right. Another one <laughs> I, I got. It up. Uh, so I, I was considering a lot of Opeth songs and like like a lot of them. It was that whole thing where it's like not a truly acoustic song and even the ones that I did come across, I was kind of. Not the most excited about. I saw Harvest on a lot of people's lists. Um, I don't, th- you know, I don't think of that as a straight up. There's a lot of shimmery, not distorted, but you know, electric guitar stuff on there. And don't get me wrong, Harvest is fucking sick. Um, as is, you know, a lot of the songs on Blackwater Park that have acoustic passages or any of the other ones. Um, so when it came to Opeth, there's one that I think is kind of underrated, and I can see where this, you know. Uh, 2010, they put out uh, a God of War, like, promotional album, and it was all Roadrunner bands. Uh, some of them are better than others. And this actually did seem like a throwaway track to me for Opeth, where it's just like, hey, uh, we need a song from you guys. Mm, okay, here's something we slapped together in the studio and never did something with, and it's called The Throat of the of Winter. That's an interesting name. That seems like a kind of a throwaway title. So it's called God of War, Blood and Metal or something like that. And it's like, it's an uh, EP. It's got the last ever song that Howard did with Killswitch called My Obsession. It's got a Dream Theater track. It's got a Trivium track. It's got one song on there by a band that never really went anywhere that I can't remember the name of. But yeah, and then they have this Opeth song on there that's fun for what it is. It's, it's. Michael and um, that other guy that I can unfortunately never remember his name, but doing a little melodic, acoustic, you know, harmony thing, and Michael's doing his very reverbed out vocal thing on there, and it's fun for what it is. I just like when they use those softer and acoustic passages, or passages, you know, with Opeth, I think it's very effective, but this I thought was one that doesn't get talked about a lot enough, so I enjoy it. I, I enjoy so, the songs I enjoy on that album, the Dream Theater ones, Fun for what it is, it's dream theatery. Yeah, seek it out. It's on. It's on Spotify and all that. God of War, Blood and Metal, for whatever God of War game was that at the time. Uh, what's another one from you? Uh, let's see. So the one I was just thinking of, 
and I mean, it's definitely an honorable mention. It's kind of funny. I just thought of it now, but it's uh, Bottom Feeders by For the Fallen Dreams. Okay. It's not very long. It's not a lot of words, but there's this part in there where it's just like everything kind of rushes up and crescendo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and all I know are all the lonely souls that come to me in my dreams, mm. all the threads and seams that were ripped in. Be I can't remember the fucking words. Anyways. Nice. It's. It's a fucking cool one. I was like, that's kind of like, kind of like fucking drum machine type drums behind it. Hmm. But I think it's acoustic. Which album is this off? <laughs> it of? sounds acoustic. The fuck, man. The one from 2011, Backburner. Okay. That's like my favorite album of theirs, man. It's, that's got some good shit. Which vocalist is that? They they went through so fuck, many lineup changes. I have no changes. idea, man. Because it's the one of the reasons I like it so much is because there's clean vocals on it, and and whoever's singing on it's fucking great. Like. That one, that one's good. And then I'm also going to throw down, I don't know, something I don't really need to discuss a whole hell of a lot, but dude, Queensryche, Silent Lucidity? Yeah, I figured, yeah, that would be on I mean, there somewhere. I mean, that's got to be some type of a mention. Another one, these aren't like the main ones, but a couple I just wanted to mention real quick was uh, down, uh, Jail by Down. Yeah, dude. There's a really cool one. Yeah. Got some like effects on his vocals, like like a phaser almost. Mm -hmm. It just sounds so trippy and, and down. Yeah. That one's really fucking cool. Main honorable mentions, uh, for sure, Planet Caravan. Either fucking Black Sabbath's version or fucking Pantera's version. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter. That I love that fucking song. Really fucking cool. Sadly, it did not make my list. Mm -hmm. What's another honorable mention for you? So I just want to shout out all the acoustic stuff on Porcupine Tree. There, there was that thing again, just like Opeth, who they were you know close buddies with, that I didn't feel like they were like, purely what we were talking about but there's so many acoustic driven songs from porcupine tree from that period they were working with opeth um that i thought were worth mentioning like the sound of music or muzak or however you're supposed to say that one it's spelled that way um lips of ashes all off of in absentia there's some stuff off of dead wing just dude i love steven wilson especially awesome. yeah what's that band he did with um with Michael from Opeth, Storm Corrosion. I feel like I never gave that uh, enough of a I, shot. I don't think I ever heard of it. I know he's done like a couple of different projects, though. Yeah. No, he's he's great, man. Um, and then, you know, we like to cover a, a wide array of different things on this show, not even just stuff that would be considered metal. I want to shout out, you know, though the one that made him the big MTV darlings back in the day, Rise Again, Swing Life Away. Dude, that's just a fun little acoustic song. All right, man, that's my number five. Fucking A. <laughs> oh, man. That song, I had no clue who the fuck Rise Against was. Never fucking heard him before. And in 2013, early in the year, um, when, it was after me and my son's mom split up as the girl I was seeing after that. She played the song for me. Because I think at the time, like I was sitting there talking about moving to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And there's that line in there. It's like, let's settle down where palm trees grow. Like the summer's... The summer's too short, winter's too long, or whatever that was, that line. And, yeah. And um, it's very, it's a very catchy tune. Like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, so then that didn't work out, and I, and I didn't move. And then Larry. He's getting his ball caught in all He's sorts of things, man. He's getting crazy. Quit putting it over here. He did the... Bring it to us. Tom Haraya. Angel of Death when it didn't go right, scream right there, right dude. <laughs> that means you can't do that anymore, Larry. 
Tom Mariah couldn't. Just keep it recording. Is it yeah, recording? oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like a fucking pinch harmonic. <laughs> but, like, uh, then I was with this other girl. My son's mom actually sent me the song. Mm. She's like, oh, it reminds me of you and the other girl because I had been talking with her about moving to San Diego and she seemed like she was fucking down you know I mean at first I mean there was some stuff that was keeping that from happening but we could I was like oh I'll wait you know like whatever then I said fuck it moved here by myself fuck both of them no there you go. don't fuck them but I got no beef with either one of them whatever but I mean at some point it was just like alright man you're just going on your own dude it's all good there you go and then I'm gonna give a fucking shout out dude not really an honorable mention but shout out to fucking Patience by Guns and Roses Oh, okay. My band, I mean, we played that a few times, and it was always like a situation like I think uh, one of my buddies, one of the guys in the band, actually, his family had a, a family reunion, and we always went. Like, we, we were, or at least I went to like, I think I went to like every fucking family reunion every year. Like, they'd always do one a year, but all of them were kind of in town and stuff. Right. And we all knew each other, so it was like, you know, we were all part of it or whatever, and they always had awesome food, and I'm totally fucking down for a cookout, like, yeah. big time. It's, like, one of my favorite things. So there was one year they were like, oh, we're going to do a talent show or some shit. And I'm like, what, dude? Like, that's really weird. So wow. we brought out the fucking acoustics, man. We played Patience. Like, and that was back when I was singing and stuff. So it was like, uh, you know, and at the time, Guns N' Roses was one of my favorite bands, and it was like, I mean, so we played this song, like, a lot. Like, even it just, like, not even like full war parties, but just like us and our friends hanging out, partying for the night, just nice. like at, at Jeremiah's house or whatever. Every once in a while, we break out the acoustics, man. We'd just play this song, like it was a full acoustic song. We didn't have to plug anything in. We weren't gonna get the neighbors fucking calling cops and shit. So it was like, oh yeah, patience was one that we always played. Right on. Definitely got to give it that. Uh, so another weird honorable mention, I guess, for me talk about you know you said stepping out of the box or whatever uh she talks to angels by black crows hmm, okay fucking awesome song dude. is that the one so off the pretty. album the the big one from it's 90 or so album. yeah okay that's off their first album yeah and it was one of their first big songs i mean obviously they had the hot too hot to handle cover you know mm-hmm. like that's kind of what put them on i didn't even know that was a cover till recently yeah, really? i heard the original i was like wait <laughs> a second yeah it's weird because i had heard the chorus before yeah I, I'd, I'd never heard the verse but i'd heard the chorus before i'm like wait this has got to be a cover song and it was right uh they're one of the few bands that have had massive success even after starting off with a cover like you know but if you have good stuff on top of that cover it'll show mm-hmm. so this song there's it's it's really weird because it's like if you've ever met anybody that had like a you know fucking someone close to them die like especially like a parent or like family member or something yeah an elder family member a lot of times man like they they know this song well right i i'm not sure if it really perfectly ties into death you know but for some reason this song just works for that you know what i mean and i'm not I'm, i've never really been sure what exactly it, it, it he talks about what seems like to me a lot of different things like each verse is kind of different but you know she she says she talks to angels call they call her out by her name you, you know it's and it, chris robinson wait see the guitar player there's the robinson brothers right yeah whoever the singer was you know i always liked his fucking vocals man like cool singer super swaggery on the fucking mic and whatnot like so um and it's it's a little bit of fucking blues it's a little bit of southernness it's a little bit of like 
gospel-ish type shit going on. I mean, I know there's like an organ in the song and stuff. And I know they've done it unplugged, you know, which this is one of those songs where it's like, why would you do an acoustic version when the regular song is acoustic? I don't know what in there would consider that not, like, but there was never, um, this wasn't a distorted song that was switched to acoustic, so to me, that fucking counts. Honorable mention for you. I somehow just deleted my list accidentally, so that's awesome, but it's okay, because I remember what's on there. So I got one more honorable mention, and I want to shout out uh, The Difference by King's X. They actually have a few acoustic songs I could have gone with, but I think that's the most notable one. It's in the middle of Gretchen Goes to Nebraska, which some consider their most definitive album. And the thing it reminds me of the most is their take almost on like a Crosby, Stills, and Nash, or if you prefer Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young kind of thing with the vocal harmonics and or the vocal harmonies. Um, what's it about? I don't know. It's a it's a concept album, and I never really understood what the concept actually was. Um, it's right there, dude. Gretchen is going to fucking Nebraska. <laughs> it's I right guess. there. It's yeah, right yeah. in the title. Yeah. So I wonder what the difference is between that and Nebraska. I don't know. Um, it's very shimmery, very pretty. It's when they were still working with Sam Taylor, so it's got that very, what I would consider definitively 80s production. Very pretty. <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it. Like, the entire thing is vocal harmonies and acoustics. I want to say there's some bongos in there, much like uh, Planet Caravan. Could be their Planet Caravan, so to speak, actually. Mm. Yeah, King's X. Good times. Never heard it. Yeah. Uh, 1989, 30th anniversary. I, just I heard the album, so yeah. I've I've heard the song. I just don't know. It's way not the most. The only song I remember off that fucking whole album, dude, was like, there's one that's like Pleiades, Pel- Pleiades, Pel- Pleiades, which I guess was the first song they ever wrote. But I remember it made it on that, that song, album. and I also remember mu- you know music over my head, over yeah. my like that. You know, I'm gonna listen to it today because I haven't heard it in a long time. Still I, great. Fuck, I loved that song when it was on MTV. It was fucking awesome. I don't know why I just didn't keep listening to King's X. I don't know why I didn't, but, you know. I think they're better records. That was an album I actually bought at Kmart. Nice. Back when Kmart had fucking music and shit, and my mom would fucking be like, oh, I'm going to go to Kmart. You want to go with me? I'm like, yeah. And I'd always like try and talk her into letting me buy a tape. Oh, that was me too. That was when they were still being marketed. And it was solely uh, because of that fucking, uh, solely because of that video. I'm trying to think of what other videos were on that album. There was one more for Summerland, which is the song right after that. Anytime they bust any of those songs out live, it's it's epic. I need to listen to the album. It, like it's literally been since nineteen eighty nine. Probably, <laughs> probably since nineteen maybe ninety. Okay. Oh yeah, it's been that long since I've heard it. Oh know? yeah, I'm gonna have to save the rest because there's gonna be a Doug Pinnock, if not even King's X, you know, thing episode. Because right. Um, but yeah, difference. Awesome. Quick fucking shout out. Shoot it, Allison Chain's brother. Yeah. Okay. Ann Wilson. Yeah. Great fucking song. Yeah. My last honorable mention, though, I know he had a massive fucking solo career. And we'll get into some of... I I never heard any of his fucking solo stuff. So if there's something better on there than this, let me know, man. I'd like to hear it. And he'll be a big-time fucking topic when we get to a deep dive on it. But from the single soundtrack, dude, Chris Cornell Seasons. Ooh. It's so good, man. I didn't even think of that. Damn, dude. So good. It. This was one of the first ones I wrote down. And it's weird because it's not like one of my favorite songs or anything. Obviously, it didn't make my fucking top five. But, right. But it was a highlight for me of that fucking soundtrack. Like, it was only available on the soundtrack. It wasn't available on any Soundgarden albums. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the stuff on that soundtrack, as far as I remember, 
most of that stuff wasn't available on the respective artists in, their, in like their catalog. So kind of you had to have the soundtrack to hear those songs. Like The one exception I can think of is uh, Wood by Alice in Chains. Which oh, they okay, just, yeah. That but they actually, ended up just tacking that on to the end of Dirt. But it's because that came out before that. Yeah. That came out before the album. Yeah. In the movie, they actually do It Ain't Like That, which is on Facelift, you know, which mm-hmm. that's awesome too. Like, But the two Pearl Jam songs, they're not on... Well, they weren't on 10. They weren't on Versus. Right. Right? And I know that whatever the fuck of Paul Westerberg, the, the, the fucking song that they play throughout the movie, mm. you know, they do like the Brady Bunch theme where it's like the normal version and then they have the sad one. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? It's, it's like, like it's like the dude from Collective <laughs> like Souls how many, theme. How many times can we take this one little fucking melody line change the fucking tone of the melody line to fit the tone of the scene. It was like that in the movie. Mm. That that all my life waiting for somebody, you know, like they did it with the movie and it, but that one wasn't on I think I remember trying to find it like on a, a solo album of his and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't around. So I mean there was a lot of stuff like that. You know there's a new version of the single soundtrack that they put out not too long ago really? where it's all the classic stuff and then a shit ton of other stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's you know. kind of cool, man. Like and there's a lot of stuff in the movie that's not on the soundtrack. Like with every other movie. So that is pretty much most like I mean that's all the honorable mentions I had. And that's literally just again, like I you know, I don't know all the songs. I, I'm sure there's other ones. There's there's some stuff that I probably haven't heard that I that I probably would think is awesome. There's wanna, probably some stuff I'm forgetting, but it's like obviously like it's not a favorite of mine if I forgot about it. Yeah, you know it, what I mean. Like, yeah. So there's obviously stuff we're forgetting. So as usual, hit us with your favorite stuff. Uh, we'd like to know more. Maybe something we'd miss out on that we would probably enjoy. One thing that does come to mind is if I can't remember if it's. Zach Wilde's solo stuff or like the stuff he did with Black Label, but he had some fun acoustic things in there. Yeah, it was like Crazy or High. Like, yes, I was yeah, like that dude. One. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Stuff off the hangover, hangover music was all acoustic, correct? Yep, that's my recollection. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Was it Zach Wilde or Black Label? I was trying to think Label? of like, I was trying to think of like, you know, full acoustic albums too. Yeah. And it's, it's, Pearl Jam has a ton of them. Mm-hmm. They even make your list? No, I, I like those, but Maybe like we not shout enough. Out some of that stuff, like, cause I really like, like, uh, what was it? Um, well, see, that wasn't that wasn't acoustic, but like, I, yeah, is is uh, lead better? Is That's that the one, one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's. I don't I, think it is. I think it's clean guitar. Yeah. Well, the, you know, well, there, yeah, there Shepard is. Shepard redid it. Yeah, there is. There is a section of a, or electric in there. Now that I'm playing it in my head, is there a section? But I thought yeah. it was like a clean guitar. It sounds like a clean guitar. Um, I know that they had the song uh, that was that ended up being the same music for, oh yeah, that one's acoustic. Footsteps hmm. ended up becoming Times of Trouble for Temple of the Dog. Right. Yeah, that's that's the thing. We got to be missing out on a lot of good selections. You know, there was I I tried thinking of stuff like that too. Like, you know, there's what you call elderly women behind the counter or whatever in small town. It's, I mean, that's a fine song. I don't mind it, but it's, you know, it's not going to make the list or whatever. But I was trying to think of old stuff too, dude. But I I remember there was an acoustic version, you know, of I Saw Red by Warrant, which made me remember that the regular version wasn't acoustic. Hmm. That wasn't one that was like, oh, it's the same song. Right. You know what I mean? But I tried to think of like, fuck, man, Motley Crue or... 
you know, fucking docking, or, but uh, not a lot of them had stuff where it was fully acoustic. Yeah, you know, one occurred to me now is uh, 13 by Danzig, the, the song that he wrote for Johnny Cash, and then when Johnny Cash passed huh. away, he re-performed it, and that's the song at the beginning of uh, The Hangover. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, I was really trying to think of stuff. Before I started uh, looking stuff up, I, I tried thinking of things. The one by the Danzig. Oh. Off of um, Lucifer. Acoustic shit? There's more. There's got to be more than that, but that's the one where I'm like. I don't think I've ever heard there's acoustic dancing. There's song. a full fledged cheeseball dick video from whatever wow. year that was, 1989 or 90, maybe, dude, where it's him in the swamps seducing some girl or something like that because it's kind of a it's a bluesy dude that song is fucking sick ah why didn't you know, i think I was of that thinking dude. Of all these fucking others like yeah i like the acoustic and then i'm like oh wait that's an acoustic version yeah quote unquote i'm doing air quotes for everybody that's listening yeah I, otherwise you know, it's like oh yeah there's that's the, that doesn't get, oh yeah that doesn't get, yeah oh, otherwise oh, alice and chains unplugged would be my entire list dude <laughs> sure i yeah. mean but i mean i don't nothing from uh damnation is that by the, Opeth? Yeah. Nothing from that made no, by this? No, no. Like, there's a lot of that. I don't know if it's clean guitar. Or it, there's a lot of it's clean guitar. Because they, they do mix so yeah. well. That's why That's I didn't one put thing, any man. of it. Clean guitar, if you have good enough tone and mixing and stuff, man, you can really, it, it can really fucking blend in really well. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But did Ozzy ever have like a fully acoustic song? That's where I was coming from. Otherwise, I thought that would have been a shoe in but like, like, no. I really don't think, I, I I don't remember one that was fully acoustic. Lots of clean, get lots of clean parts. He did some interesting covers. He did Working Class Hero by John Lennon. I like his rendition of, um, and I can't remember if that's fully acoustic or not too, but a lot but, of it is. But you know, I don't like the Beatles. I don't. Nah. Like, you know, Motorhead didn't do acoustic stuff. And you if know, they did, yeah. it would be an acoustic version. They did acoustic version of Ace of Spades, and it's fucking sick. That's weird. Oh, it's great. I don't even know if I want to hear that shit. I, it's, so I really had a hard time. Like, at first, it's like, oh, I just rolled down these, and all of a sudden, I was like, okay, what else? And yeah. then it was like, oh. I'm I pissed. I forgot about else. Danzig, dude. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, oh, so. Wow. It's time. It's time. All right, it's time to get into the fucking list, man. Yep. So I already said my number five. What is your number five? So my number five, um, let's flashback 15 years ago. The last thing, we, we talked about this on uh, the Roadrunner episode. Slipknot puts out the expectation-defying Iowa, right? Um, so what do they do next? They go the opposite direction, and they get started getting really eclectic. By this point, you'd had Corey went off to go do Stone Sour, uh, Joey went off to go do Murder Dolls. Clown had his random ass here's and band, you know, here and there bands like To My Down Surprise. Was yeah. that him? Oh, uh, wait, no, he produced them. He produced them. There was that That's whole thing right. when Clown was like a prolific producer and yeah, like none yeah. of them except um, Mudvayne really did anything. Um, so it's time for a new Slipknot produced by Rick Rubin, which there's a lot of contentious stories about how that all went down. But... Um, I think the first song I heard off of that album was the acoustic ballad Welcome. Or not Welcome, that's a heavy so song. Circle. Up. Circle. Circle, and I really, really that like that song. That one almost made my list, dude. Yeah. I really fucking like that. Yeah, dude. No spoilers, but that's in the top five for spo- or for Slipknot for the sure. Yeah. It's catchy as fuck, dude. Da, and that's the thing is everybody da, talks da, about... Da, da, da. 
it's infectious, dude. (laughs) And um, and that's the thing is everybody talks about. Oh man, I think you know Stone Sour got into Slipknot a lot. No, not that one. No, dude. Well, not in that respect. Stuff like that. That No, no, no. Sound grungy. That is an honest to god acoustic Slipknot song. You know what I mean? Because it has that dirt to it, especially at the end where all the weird, the weird shit. Yeah, Yeah, like like Sid's just was a Sid. No, the other guy. Uh, The sample guy's getting down like. It didn't sound grungy at all. For all intents and purposes, the first Stone Sour album is a grunge album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but there's still a lot of the Slipknot things in there. He's still well, screaming. They, dude, getting sides pretty heavy. Yeah, like, dude. They had a little bit of heaviness. Sid but they was were on a few like songs. A heavy grunge band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I don't hear that in Circle. And. Yeah, dude, like, I almost put it in my fucking list, man. Yeah. I don't like, know what it's, it's really about, cool. but it sounds heavy. You know what I mean? I, whatever it is, I'm sure it's very personal and yeah, affecting. They, they played it. They played it when I went and saw them live. Like, really? Yeah. That would have been um, cool. It was, I think it was, like, at the start, if I remember right. Well, I saw them, So like, I don't know if they were actually playing. I think they might have played okay, it Okay, because that's what house. I, yeah, that's what I like, saw, too. When they, when they, when they were on that album cycle, they kind of played it to, like, get the audience Because at the end, ready. like, it has that sample thing, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like, it was just like, fucking boom, here they come, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, then like, it, I think the song it leads into after yeah, that is welcome. Fuck, I fucking dude. love that album. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you fucking said that. Yeah. I, I was, I, somebody's got to do well, it, Well, I didn't put it, I didn't put it in my honorable mentions... And I don't know why. So yeah, I'm kind of glad you mentioned that one. Sweet. Really like that fucking jam. All right. So obviously my number five was Rise Against Swing Life Away. Right. So my number four is Poison. Every rose has its thorn. Ah shit. I guess you can't argue with that, now, can that you? Fucking song. I've always loved the song. It's such a fucking like when you listen to the like when you listen to the words, it's a bummer of a song, dude. Yeah. You know, and now I hear you found somebody new and that I never meant that much to you. Yeah. To hear that tears me up inside just to see you cuts me like a knife. Like, that's fucking gnarly, dude. Yeah, it's time. And anybody that's ever been broken up with, or fuck, even if you didn't break up with someone, even if somebody didn't break up with you, even if you fucking had a crush on some fuck somebody and it never really panned out. This song will work for you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I've know? never been a Poison guy, but that song's pretty undeniable for what and that, it is, well, that right? That was weird, too, because oh, that shit. was that was the first one. Because that wasn't on Look What the Cat Dragged In. Like, that was on Open Up and Say Ah. Okay. What, what year would that have been? Oh, man. 80-fucking-7? Really? I don't know why that strikes me as a, a going-into-90s song. Let's see. We'll look it up real quick. I didn't know Miley Cyrus did it. 88. 88. Wow, okay. So there yeah, we go. The band album cover and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. But that was when, like, it was almost like, because that video, too, dude, it's like there's no fucking makeup. They don't tease their hair up, man. Like, it's, it's all of a sudden, like, it's like when fucking Motley Crue did Home Sweet Home. It yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. Even though the video, it was a live video, and Motley Crue didn't get, like, the real look. Until, like, Girls, 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 right? Yeah. And that was when they kind of got the biker thing, and they, they kind of uh-huh. took off the, a lot of the makeup and whatnot, but they didn't have, like, the girl makeup so much. Yeah. They had, like, like the crazy fucking weird shit. Um, yeah, yeah, the, but, the Lost Boys makeup almost. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. But, like, when, when they did Home Sweet Home, it was almost like, oh, hey, like, these guys are... It's not for me, but for a lot of people, man, it kind of opened up a lot of people. Like, they're real musicians. That was my first song you know I ever mean? heard it was by like, them, They're yeah. real musicians. They can write a real fucking song. And that's what Every Rose Has a Thorn did, too. Like, but And by all rights, it shouldn't have. Because Fallen Angel is not a party fucking frivolous song. 
But it is about a girl coming, you know, coming to Hollywood and you know having it not work out, like so many fucking people did, mm-hmm. including Poison themselves. They moved from Pennsylvania out to fucking Hollywood, like. But the whole album, you know, as in general, I mean, they had Unskinny Bop on there, yeah, sure. But like every rose has its thorn was like wow, like these guys, now there's something to take a little bit more seriously. You know what I mean? And and it was so relatable. Like literally anybody, male, female, didn't matter. Anybody that's ever had a relationship of some type end, okay, romantic relationship end. And like I said, it doesn't even, you don't even have to have been, actually been with the person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I see the funny memes. It's like fucking, you know, does anybody else fucking have that person that they just have a crush on? You like actually fucking get, like you're jealous of a person you're not even with. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. That happens. You know, you have it built in your head, like, this person's the one for me. And it's almost like you're having feelings of, like, while you're dating them, before you even fucking date them. Yeah. You know, and if that person all of a sudden moves on, this song, like I said, this song will work for you, dude. Like, it's a big-time breakup song. When we do a breakup song list, I guarantee you it'll be on there. It would be ridiculous if it wasn't. But it's also a fully acoustic song. Super simple fucking riff, man. Like, real, and it just sounds great. The guitar... You know, like, oh, it sounds really good. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I I can replay the vocal melody in my head, but I can't think of the actual guitar riff. But I can hear it. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's classic. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just because in the video, it's Brett Michaels playing it. I I mean, that would make sense. But like CeCe Wales on the solo, for sure. Not that he's the best fucking soloist or anything, but he does. Yeah, I'll say this. It's probably his best solo. It's the one that, that makes the most sense, like, on that song. Like, the song overall, easily, if you're going best, easily the best thing Poison did. I mean, as far as, like, writing a fucking, just a complete, serious type song. Right. You know, and it, not by much. I mean, they've got a lot of good songs, but, but that, I mean, I, I would say that one's probably the best one they, they've done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's fucking great. What is your it. number four? My number four. So... We're going to go from hair metal to uh, what's called the wave of melodic hardcore from the beginning of the decade. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call the age gap. There we go. So I talk about Defeater a lot. Their entire band's built off of a concept of this really fucked up family um, affected by PTSD from World War II and other things. So the first, di- it's a it's a double disc album. First one, it's called Endless Days, Sleepless Nights. Endless Days is the, the melodic hardcore one. And if you're familiar with the story of how it ends, it ends really, 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 really heavy. And I mean, there's a whole story about why the album ends the way it does musically of coinciding with the the story itself so you go from that very tragic ending to um the second disc which is an ep of the acoustic songs and it's like folksier stuff where it's like almost kind of the songs they would sing themselves in the story because that's just what was going on musically at the time it was before rock music as it were the the next decade so to speak so you can it was just kind of like folk music or whatever and it's the first song on it uh called butt breathing and it's the song about uh the kid in the in the story, uh, when they are kids, kind of shielding his brother from their abusive father and trying to make the bo- most out of that very, very, very rough life. Fucking, it's really heavy. And it's like, if you didn't know what like, the words were, you would just assume it's a, it's a pretty song. But like, very heavy concept. Um, 
And of all places, I the first time I heard it was it was a live rendition, quote unquote, where it's one of those, uh, you know, coffee house sessions or whatever on YouTube where it's just the the main guy singing it by himself. So it's the it's the singer Derek who plays uh, acoustic himself, uh, and he's got a cool little acoustic side band called Alcoa. Uh, so it's him on some random like weird farm thing in Australia when they were touring in Australia. Um, and it's just him in the acoustic and it's an awesome rendition too. go check that out. I don't remember the channel that hosted the, the series, but it's awesome. And they have some cool renditions from other bands and it's, so it's just the guy you can hear the, the outdoor nature stuff in the background of, of him in Australia. There's a little breeze going by. It's really cool. And then at the very end, you just hear one of the goats on the farm going, man, it kind of scares him. And he's just all, whoa. And then he has a drag on a cigarette. And then I finally heard the studio rendition and there's like drums. I want to say there's some sort of wood instrument in there. And the other songs on there are about uh, when him and his brother are growing up in this really gnarly post-war, you know, post-depression era, New Jersey town in the forties or whatever, or I guess it'd be after the forties if they grew, I don't know. The timelines get kind of confusing to me, but it's awesome song, awesome story, awesome concepts, really good album. I, I think that was their peak of being on top of things. I mean, like the, the feeder was on a pretty big rise there for a while. And then they separated with their guitar player, Jay, and they're kind of getting their footing back. Great fucking song though. Great album. Um, I've seen videos of them performing it live before and everybody singing along defeater. I only saw defeater once and it was awesome. And it was at the Shea and the kids were singing along, hanging off the rafters as they do. It's a very different kind of hardcore show, but I, I haven't seen them in, seen them in a long time, but I'm glad they had as much success as they did. Fuck yeah. Defeater. Having said all that, what's your, I have ever even heard of them. Dude, start I with mention them in the concept album. Start with start with that album, Endless Days and Sleepless Nights, and the one before that's really good too. And then everything after that's kind of optional, but like those first two, there's an EP between the two as well. Um, the Red, White, and Blues, I think it's called, or something like that. What's the song name again? The song name is "Butt Breathing," and that comes to play in the verses. Butt breathing. Yeah, I, I, when you say it out of context, I'm just like, wait, that sounds that sounds <laughs> weird. I, you're supposed to know like like beaten butt breathing or something. Is it's like, like dots before it or something. No, and I saw that. Too, I was like, man, you could. You're really not doing yourselves any favors with with the titling oh, of that man, song. That's like when you see some uh, diary of a madman. It's like mm-hmm. diarrhea of a madman. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Right, whatever. It's, uh, it's all good. It's all sunny. Or it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Shad Dynasty. Shady, nasty. <laughs> no, Shad Dynasty. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, That's pretty great. Oh, yeah. How about you? What, what are we doing right. next? Number three, kind of mentioned him before, man. Stone Sour Bother. Nice. I considered that, too. There's there's a lot of, there's a little bit of clean guitar stuff in there that kind of dissuaded me from doing that one. But, yeah, dude, that's a sick. Just the solo. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, like, there's the live renditions of him where it is straight acoustic, just him by himself. And well, then because the, the original version was just good. the version I had before the Stone Sour album came out was just it was called Corey Taylor Bother. Yep. Yeah, and there and there's there's no strings and shit. Yeah, and there's a and there's one bit of there's one word they got censored because it was for the Spider Man yeah, soundtrack. And then there's like the fucking like, I even like the little fucking solo in it, man. Like mm-hmm. the little clean guitar solo was great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you, on these songs, if there's going to be a solo, do you prefer it to be a clean guitar solo, or do you prefer it to be like a fucking, just a fucking shredder? I don't know that I have a preference, just solo. whatever works for the song, you know? Because it, it can build up pretty heavy Oh yeah. when you, you know, like, if you're strumming chords, 
You know, and if you have, especially if there's drums on the song, yeah, like you can actually build up a fucking acoustic song, pretty big. Like you, it can crescendo pretty hard. And that, throw yeah. some strings in there, like you can actually get it pretty powerful. Yeah, that's gonna come back in one of you my know songs what I mean? to the point where like a fucking real gainy lead sound guitar. Yeah, you know, typical solo guitar sound really fucking works and it really helps it almost. Like oh, yeah. it makes it more powerful. Cause that's the thing about bother is that's what it does is it kind of like they put little, little bit by little bit more things in that song until like the ending's pretty epic and, and kind of, Oh yeah, man. Like it's fucking awesome, dude. Like yeah. I, it swells. Don't so to know speak. what the words are about, but yeah, me neither. I always <laughs> liked it. Corey's a great singer. Yeah. Um, I remember when I heard it in like a sporting goods store or something that, uh, 2002, whatever I was like, Oh, we're moving into this terrain now. Good on them. You know what I mean? Like, I was surprised that I put it in my, I, I was surprised it made my list, man. But like the more I've, the more like within the last probably like five or six years, I mean, I've caught myself listening to the song more and more mm-hmm. and well, not even just listening to it more and more, but liking it more and more every time I hear it. And one of the, one of the things that really kind of brought that around was when I saw the video of him and Keith Caputo doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cool. There was something moment. about seeing that that kind of like got me into it more. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It was. I could feel that because I was. I mean, I always liked it, but it was like it was just kind of like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's one everybody fucking knows, dude. Like it was. It was a pretty big song. For yeah. A while there. I like that this list is you and me like catching each other's ones that we didn't put on our list. So it's like it's still in the whole of the <laughs> show. So we out. got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, I really do like that one, and I and I wrestled back and forth with that. And there's a couple other Stone Sour ones. I'm not a huge Stone Sour guy, but I do like the stuff that I like. I don't really like them that much. It's an the album first, by album the thing. The first album is fine. Like yeah. it's. I don't mind a few songs off there, but I mean, for the most part, I'm not a huge Slipknot, Slipknot fan either. Mm. We could it's probably. Real, it's really weird if there was a list for like, I don't know, singers that you think are the best, but are in bands that you don't really like. I was just gonna say maybe <laughs> I guess Corey Taylor would make that list because I think he's a fucking amazing singer. Oh yeah. So where were we? Okay. All right, we're at number three. My number for three. The dude that can't count. Yeah. <laughs> I Math was never my strong to get suit. Out of the room. Nice. Uh, number three for it's you. It's like Poltergeist. So there's a couple acoustic songs on on "You Fail Me" by Converge. One is an honest to god acoustic song, and it's it's creepy as you would expect an acoustic song from Converge to be called uh, "In Her Shadow," which is followed by the mu- you know much heavier typical of Converge "In Her Blood." And while I considered that. I'm actually going to go with a weird experimental song at the end of the album. That's my favorite song on that album called Hanging Moon. Rather than In Her Shadow, where it's an acoustic song by Converge, this is like an acoustic Converge song where it's their crazy chaoticness and, you know, he's screaming and all the works and it's it, they're going not like as hard as they go, but pretty hard, but on acoustic instruments. And there's even a glockenspiel in there and it's... It's fucking sick, dude. I what I the love fuck it. Fuck is a glockenspiel. It's like kind of like a xylophone, but um, huh. it's a lot chimier. Weird. Like you'd recognize it if you heard it. It's, it's very it's very bell sounding, but it's like you know on a higher end. And that it, it's just a fun little song to cap off a an emotionally trying album. You know, like I was just like after after all that, and especially ending with uh, in her blood before that, as I mentioned, where it's just heavy and droning and very you know tumultuous and then all of a sudden him screaming over an acoustic guitar (laughs) like the drums are kind of doing this weird beat and then there's like a glockenspiel in the quieter parts 
Um, and I have seen them do it live since when they were when they had one tour in 2010 where they're like, hey, we're just going to try a bunch of songs we never played just to see what it's like. And they did a rendition of that, and that was pretty cool. Fucking acoustic converge. Go figure. And they are experimenting with their slower, weirder uh, songs live in the uh, the Blood Moon form, which I could see them doing a lot more of that. Seek out the videos of that on YouTube. It's it's cool to see them like, okay, we're not going to be crazy jumping off speakers into your face converging. It's like, okay, here's our creepier, slower, more build-up kind of side. And they bring out guest musicians. They bring out uh, Steve Von Till from Neurosis. They bring out Steve Brodsky from Cave-In, uh, Chelsea Wolf, whoever else. Like, it's, it's, it's a cool little project. I'd like to see them explore it more. I got to hear it. Hold on. Yep. It's good times right there. <laughs> that's weird shit yes it is it's a weird album have you ever seen like when you're watching like sports or something and some dude does some weird shit that there's no rule for hmm. and they have to stop play so in hockey there was this guy that used to stand in front of the goalie hmm. like it happens all the time right right so they have these guys you know sometimes they're usually a power forward type they stand in front of the goalie so they can screen the goalie but they got to fight for the position because mm-hmm. some dude's going to come up and fucking try and knock you out of the fucking way, right? right. Not full speed or anything, but it's like in basketball when they're jockeying for a rebound. You're trying to get position. So it's just like this really weird, almost like tug-of-war position. But, you know, these fuckers are on ice skates. Yeah. So this dude... Now, usually, the power forward has his back to the goalie, and he's trying to see the shot. So he can actually, like, redirect the shot. He'll try and knock the puck down with mm-hmm. a stick. Which, in its own right, is ridiculous. Right. The fact that they can do that shit, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even get it. Yeah. Also, you're probably going to get hit with a puck. Okay? But there's one guy who would look at the goalie, and he'd wave his arms and shit. Like, he'd say stuff. Like, he was essentially mm-hmm. going eye-to-eye with the goalie, talking shit. And finally, dude, the NHL had to be like, yo, wait, man. What the fuck? Yeah. And the team was like, well, there's no rule that says you can't do that. But the NHL finally said, okay, well, we have to throw a fucking penalty because it goes against the spirit of the game. Yeah. That song is against the spirit of the list. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, it doesn't even sound acoustic at all. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I dig that you picked it, though. Hells yeah. Number two, Mixing Black Label Society, The Blessed Hell Ride. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about right there. See, we're, cov- we're covering so each other's bases. So this fucking song, dude, like, I don't know if I, I don't think I've said it on here before, but when I played in Difficult Henry... I would be so wound up before sh- before we played. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, I didn't work at the time. Well, I did. I mean, it was just like on weekends or whatever, and I, I had like a graveyard shift at the fucking convenience store for a couple days a week. But for the most part, man, I mean, I didn't really fucking work. I mean, definitely never had to leave my job like like the rest of my band. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of them, like they had to leave their job, go home, get ready, and then head to the show. Right. Right. So. For me, though, like, I was usually home all day watching my son, you know, and obviously, I mean, I'm not doing a whole hell of a lot, so it was like, I was just very wound up. Like, I'm just, like, ready to, like, okay, man, I'm, I'm ready now. Yeah. You know, like, and honestly, I mean, I needed something to fucking chill out <laughs> before we played. Yeah. And this is even before we even came to Idaho, man. Like, even when, even when I first joined the band... I was so excited. It was so weird for me to play with a different band because prior to Difficult Henry, man, I, I played every time. I mean, I'd been playing for years, but like it was always with the same dude. Right. Like, different bands because we had to get different people, but it was always me and Jeremiah. 
And so it was weird to be playing with another band. And it, it was weird, too, because I wasn't like... Like, the, the rest of the band was, like, a lot better than I was, as far as playing playing goes. Right. You know, they're all, like, a lot more skilled than I was. So, you know, coming in, I'm the new guy. I'm also, like, the low man on the totem pole, as far as skill goes. And then, obviously, I mean, it's, you know, I was stoked on the songs. New shit to play. New style. It was just fucking... I was all into it. It was like, hell yeah. And I would just, it was almost like I'd get on stage and it was just like, it wasn't really like I forgot anything. But I mean, I would be worried about forgetting stuff because, you know, I was learning new songs too. And I was so adrenalized getting on the fucking stage. So after a while, I mean, at the time too, I'd first heard Black Label Society. I'd, I'd never heard him before that. So I had Blessed Hell, right? I, th- I fucking loved the album. And one time, I think I was on my way to one of our shows, I, I almost want to say in Idaho, right before our drummer and his brother, our bass player, moved to San Diego first. So they moved almost a whole year. Well, it's about six months before any before I moved out. I was the first one to leave from the rest of us. And Blessed Hellride came on, like basically like right when I was pulling up to the venue or whatever. And we only had like an hour or two to play, uh-huh. you know, t- until we played. And it just, like, fucking calmed me down. Like, oh, yeah, like, you know, another, you know, a nervous breakdown, then another war. And it just hit me a certain way. And it was, like, after that, that was my pre-show song. Like, that was the song I listened to to chill out. Mm-hmm. Get you So focused. I could go fucking goddamn play a show and not be so fucking wound up and fucking to the point where I might fuck something up. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay. I need to fucking chill. And sometimes, man, I would listen to this shit, like, literally right before we played. Hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, you know, like, okay, the last band, you know, the, the band before us is on their, oh, they're on their last song, or they're, you know, they're they're starting to break down their shit, and it's like, okay, I gotta hurry up and listen to this song. I mean, there was a couple times I did that. So, this song, all acoustic, you know, except for the solo, whatever, and I don't even think the solo is that gnarly, like... If I remember right. Anyways, the the drums are fucking great on it. Super fucking huge sounding. Mm -hmm. You know, the acoustic guitar sounds good. Everything's fucking great. It's a really cool song. It it is about going on tour. Like, the tour is the blessed hell ride. You know? Like, (laughs) you know, and that's that's another thing that kind of chilled me out with it. You know? It was kind of the subject matter and stuff. Like, what was it? Catch Catch Myself something like that pick myself up off the floor (laughs) it's definitely oh fuck i'm I'm all fucking hung over i gotta pick myself up off the floor you know yeah a nervous breakdown then another war you know it's like oh it's there was some of it too it's like oh you know zach wilde still gets nervous like Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think he's nervous but yeah nervous breakdown another war because it is hectic you know you, you you play long enough you've seen how many things can go wrong right before you play you know, and even doing a sound check. Yeah. You know, it's just like, fuck, I just want to fucking do it already. Yep. You know, let's go. It's it's like uh, getting ready to go to, like, uh, if I don't know if anybody's ever had a fight that was actually set up, you know, not spontaneous, you know, kind of a meet me at, you know, three oh, o'clock yeah, kind of deal. High o'clock noon. Or, yeah, yeah, like or, it's, yeah. it's more nerve wracking, all the shit before the fight goes down, you know, and then once the fight, and then right... Before the fight starts, like, it's just so fucking tense. It's so intense. And then either you throw a punch or the other person throws a punch, whether they connect or not. That's when all of a sudden it's like everything's kind of sublime and and you just do what you do. Yep, see red. You know, so 
yeah, some people see red and just start swinging. Other people have a little more methodical approach. But once, or, you know, they just say with football, too. You know, I played football up until ninth, 10th grade, somewhere around there. And it was, there was a lot of people on my team. They talked about it in the NFL all the time. Like, once you get that first hit, you know, once you get that first hit or you get hit, then you can settle down. Because, mm. you know, it's like, okay, now I know. It, you're baselined. Yeah, it's like, okay, I already got hit. Or, hey, I made, I just made a gnarly hit. Like, you've had some contact. Now you can fucking chill and, and relax and just play the game or just fight the fight or just play your show. Yeah. That's kind of what it was to me. It still is. I mean, I don't really get wound up that much anymore. But every once in a while, man, I mean, I listen to the song and just like, fuck yeah. And it reminds me of like those days too. And I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, those were the greatest days of my life. No, I mean, I've had plenty of great days after that. Amen. But I do like to remember those days, man. It was a fucking fun time, man. Like, it was really cool. Yeah. Number two for you. My number two. It's the last. Well, there's a hidden track or there's a hidden song, same track, one of those deals back when that yeah, was a big fuck thing. Fuck that. It's so dumb. Yeah. Anyways, on the CD, last song, Live for Better Days by Ignite off of uh, Our Darkest Day. The whole album, whole album back to the front goes by so quick that you're, by, by the time you get to the song, you're like, whoa. Because every song's a fucking banger. They're all really short. And then, you know, after talking about the trials and tribulations of the world, again with this song, and it's it's about trying to see the the good and when all this stuff's going wrong around you, and he makes a big speech about it every time they play it live. It's almost like this really well-recorded campfire jam. I want to say on the album it's it's just one guitar, because uh, at the time they had three guitar players. Zoli's got an amazing voice, and it's just kind of a pick-me-up kind of... You could sing this shit around a campfire. It's one of those songs. It's awesome. Hold that thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's full fucking guitar. I don't know why that doesn't sound familiar to me at all. I've heard that album. I mean, not a ton of times. I don't listen to Ignite a whole hell of a lot, but Mm -hmm. I've heard the album. It just doesn't sound familiar at all. Maybe I skipped it. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, there's a little weird hidden track thing at the end. Yeah, maybe. Oh, oh it's it's fucking acoustic. <laughs> fucking don't even fucking burn it. Like it's yeah, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, no, it's it's a sick familiar. song. They perform it live, like second to last usually. Um they ah oh, shit, I gotta get tickets for the next time they play. Fuck. And it's like he has his little speech about trying to make the best out of life. And it starts with the one guitar, and then they actually bring in and then another instrument joins in until finally this, you know, they do this live, the drums kick in. And it's fucking nice. epic. And then they close with bleeding because what else are you gonna fucking close with if you're ignite? Come on. Oh well, yeah. So yeah, epic song. To have this weird feeling that our number one is the same. And I, I don't know yeah. why. I yeah uh, yeah yeah I, I I anticipated this. You want to go ahead? Yeah sure. <laughs> number one. Maybe it's because we're both wearing black shirts and fucking khaki and ca- shorts. Yeah, I noticed That's that weird. too. What color are your shoes? Okay. Yeah yeah yeah. My black chokes on. Yep. Mine are black, fuck? too, but... With, I, I yeah. don't wear my khakis a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Laundry day. Yeah, same. Allison Chain's nutshell. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit, It had dude. to be, dude. Come on. Like, That's like, what else are you going to say? About Allison Chain's, I'm glad you brought up, brother. It's been playing over and over in my head since you said it, and I was just like, fuck, yeah, dude. Fuck, dude. They have so many good acoustic songs, you know, let alone an amazing unplugged album. The fact that Her- or Lane Staley was fucking dying of heroin slowly on the stage and fucking up made it even better somehow. And then you have a great acoustic EP in the form of Sap. And then after that, my favorite fucking release by them, Jar of Flies, dude. Yeah, man. Every fucking, time. They did it twice. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, there's a lot of clean guitar on, yeah. on, uh, on Jar of Flies. 
But they did it twice, and it was like, who does that? Yeah. Pearl Jam never did that. No. And they were definitely the most metal out of... Uh, the, the the most regular metal out mm-hmm. of all of those Seattle grunge bands. And somehow they just did two fucking... I mean, I guess the ones in EP, one has, what, five, six songs? It's still an EP, but it's longer. Yeah. It's like it was, twice, actually. The songs are definitely longer. Because mm-hmm. Sap only has, what, the three actual songs? Mm-hmm. But one of them is really long. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, this song... You wow. hear those opening chords and you're just like yeah. brought down immediately, it's dude. It's for introverts, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. About wanting to live, about feeling like an outcast. It's about freedom. Like no one really identifies with you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of feel alone. There's only two fucking verses in the whole thing, yeah. and then that's it. Well, a uh, falsetto, fucking well, yeah, blues yeah. and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. So fucking good. The yep. cool little fucking solo at the end. Like, yep. Yep. Like, ah, so mm-hmm. fucking good, man. Like, and, uh, it's always, that was always my favorite off of, uh, off of Jar of Flies. And, mm-hmm. and when they, and when they did the unplug, the unplugged show, I, I wondered how much of Jar of Flies and Sap they were going to do. Cause that was one of those things where I was like, uh, <laughs> they're so are you already retreading the same man? ground. Like, what yeah. The fuck? yeah. But they opened up with it. Yep. So they get the extended intro you know, the guitars are playing, and then you could pretty much, if you're not watching it and you're just listening to it on, like, fucking Spotify or something, like, you could hear when Lane Staley comes walking out because yep. the crowd fucking starts to cheer. And, yeah, he does mess up a part. Mm-hmm. Jerry shoots him a look, which is funny. But, yeah, dude, like, it's it's just incredible fucking song. Oh, yeah. If you, I mean, I'm not full introvert. I'd probably be more of, like, an introverted extrovert rather than an extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. I've... I definitely think that. I mean, I but I mean, I have my moments where it's like, you know, yeah, man, I don't want to fucking be around anybody. Oh yeah. I have my moments where I do feel like, yeah, man, like sometimes, man, it's not that it's not so much for me that it's like, oh, you know, no one gets me. It's more like I'm a hard person to get. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's yeah. more where my mind goes. Like, because sometimes I don't even get me. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. And I mean, yeah, it's like they're not all the time. It's not even that often. But yeah, I do have those fucking moments. That's why I said, like, yeah, we'll keep that for a grunge episode. But the song, super pretty, but it is, like, really kind of, like... Like, if you were to just read the lyrics, man, like, that's some depressing shit. Oh, yeah. Cuts right to the heart and soul, dude. But you know what, dude? I never feel, like, down when I listen to it. Nah. I always feel better after listening to it. You know, yeah, I mean, I don't have any type of depression, like, symptoms or anything like that. So I guess, like... I mean, to me, it's almost like this This is one song that I would probably caution people that have depression issues. This is one of those songs that can keep you down. Like, mm-hmm. be careful listening to stuff like that, man. Yeah. You know, if you're having an episode, probably don't listen to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe listen to something else that's, that might help bring you up. Because we do, you know, they, there are songs that will sit down in the mire with you and hold your hand and hang out with you while you're there. But there's also songs that'll take you further. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Watch out for those, dude. Watch out for those. Oh, you got an anchor on one foot? Yeah. Let me put on the other, on one yeah. on the other. <laughs> yeah, let me help you. Let me help pull you down a little bit more. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you, you know, be the best you can be. I'm pretty sure you can go further down this hole. Yep. Watch out for that shit, man. It's gnarly. You got to be careful. But the production on it too. Oh fuck. yeah. The whole album, but this song, like, the fucking, again, the guitars sound great. That's one thing I will say, like, an acoustic guitar 
that definitely like the quality of the the wood, the the quality of the the strings. What would you call it? The makership. Uh, <laughs> luthier ship, maybe? Luthier ship. Yeah. Of the, the actual building of the guitar. The quality oh, yeah. of that. The quality of your playing, too. You have to be a really clean player, man, to fucking, for to sound good. Because you will hear every shift in fingers. And if you're, sometimes it sounds really cool when you switch the chords and your fingers kind of drag the strings uh, a little dude, bit. Dude, sometimes it's the, the most grating you know, like, thing in the world, too, though. It's, it depends it's, on how it's recorded, too. It's a really too. cool sound if it's done right. Yeah. But if it's not done well, it really... It, it can kind of take you out of it a little bit. I always had a hard time playing a, a acoustic guitar because I'm not that clean of a player, you know. So it is a hard thing to do, and and I've always wondered, like, you know, how many players are not comfortable with recording an album. Oh yeah. It's one thing to be like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna write this song. Like, you know, we've heard the stories of Josta writing hate breed songs on an acoustic. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting there, you're just getting a bass idea down, yep. you know, and it's like. But when you're going to record an album, or if you're going to play live, mm-hmm. that's a big difference, man. Absolutely. It does kind of take a little more balls. What Corey Taylor does with his fucking like solo little acoustic tours and shit, um, what's his name? Uh, the dude from Stained. Aaron Lewis. I think he did it too. I know he did some songs with Corey Taylor live. Like, yeah. That's a dude, it's just you and this fucking guitar. Like, It's fucking gnarly, but... I mean, I, I still used to do it. I just wasn't very good at it. But I wonder how many other people are like, you know, I just don't feel like putting myself out there or my playing ability. Mm-hmm. Not saying that, you know, if you don't do an acoustic, you have to do an acoustic album to prove that you play well. You know, that's not a thing, mm-hmm. you know. But but I wonder how many people would be a little more scared, you know, if they actually sat down with acoustic in a studio for an, for an entire acoustic like song, yeah, it's one thing if you're just playing a part. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, you know what else? Real quick, shout out fucking Mike Inez. I think that's his first uh, release is, with yeah, uh, with Allison Chains. The the acoustic bass stuff on there is fantastic. The acoustic basses always sound so weird, dude. Yeah. In fact, hold on, I gotta see something. Mm-hmm. I just thought of another song. Mm-hmm. We're gonna listen to it real quick. I just thought of We're another skim one too. through one though. Yeah. Son of a bitch, we just listened to The Ballad of Jane by L.A. Guns, and there's no fucking distortion on it. It's going in my honorable mentions. Yep. Fuck yeah, I love that fucking song. There you go. Go mm. listen to it. Yeah. Everybody's too young to be fucking knowing that song right off the bat. Go listen to that shit. It's fucking great. We're here to bring attention to things you might not have otherwise. <laughs> go to it. So I'll do one more, too, as I just realized uh, <laughs> the forgotten one by um, Times of Grace off the one album they they did. and supposedly what is that one? I think I've only um, ever heard that album like one time, dude. There's some songs on there that are great, some that albums? aren't. No, they're they're working. They've allegedly been working on a uh, second EP, and uh, and that's the big trip. Is everybody's like, why don't you just make that a Killswitch album? And so now they're gonna try to, um, because now Jesse's back with them, obviously. So now what they're what they're gonna try to supposedly do with Times of Grace is make it even more different from Killswitch, and focus on songs like the Forgotten One, for so lack of this better. This one that's in 2010. Yep. Is it really 2010? Fuck, well, no, well, dude. No, there's a single. Yeah. Is that oh, okay. song on the album? Yeah. Is it... Um, Strength in Numbers. Yeah, that, yeah. it's the first song. It's okay, the, so what song did you say? Uh, The Forgotten One. Forgotten One. All right, let's listen. Till now. Jesus Christ, Damn. how oh, is that dude, not Dude, you stopped even, it before it got even more really? epic. Really? Yep. Hold on. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the jam right that's, there. All right, that's number six. <laughs> oh man, that dude, that song is fucking amazing. Yeah, dude. dude. Like, holy fuck. That there is some shit on that album that I wish. Like, I think I've only ever heard it one time. I didn't probably. I don't think I paid much attention to it. But damn, yeah, dude, that was fucking. Good, oh yeah, man. they only like, toured that album once, um, and then for the rest of their band, they got Joel from um, Killswitch on the other guitar. They got the. Do you remember we were talking about 5.0 uh, a oh, week yeah. ago? So they got that dude on bass, the singer on bass, and he did backup vocals. And they got some dude from some emo band on drums. Uh, no, 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 you know what? They did two tours, but it was on the same cycle because that guy couldn't make it. So they got Matt from uh, Shadows Fall and now uh, Active Defiance on bass uh, when 5.0 dude couldn't make it. But dude, that oh, was fuck. That was that was great. Awesome, dude. Go uh, listen yeah. to that shit too. What was yep. the forgotten one? Yeah. By Times of Grace, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, man. What's the that name of the album? Great. Broken yeah, but, Man. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Hymn of a Broken Man. Yeah, and I tell you what, there's a it's it's only on the CD, like the special edition of the CD, and it's not an original acoustic song, but there's an acoustic rendition of um, fuck, Willing, um, the third song on the album that's really good too on like YouTube or something. So that's the thing, man. Doing this list, I'm like, fuck, there's so much stuff I'm forgetting as we're going along. Obviously, it's just like, oh, I forget all that, all the Danzig stuff, the Times of Grace stuff. Like, there's so much stuff. So if we're forgetting something, which we clearly oh, yeah, are. Man. There's probably a shitload of stuff, dude. Tell yeah. me what the fuck, man. I want to hear it. I want to hear more. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not like I'm, like I said, I don't listen to acoustic stuff a lot, but I don't hate it. So it's like, especially if it's really fucking good, man, I want to hear what you guys have because, like, I wouldn't mind. Uh, finding out some more shit, man. Like, for sure. <laughs> you know what else I just remembered? Isn't isn't Lord of the Rings by Blind Guardian acoustic? Oh my god. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good times. That's that's a whole other episode right there. Um. So yeah, man. Let us let us know what your top five acoustic songs are. There's clearly plenty to choose from. Give us a like and subscribe on all the on all the places. Um, yeah, man. Follow on all the socials. Yep. Metalist Pod on Twitter. Metalist Podcast Instagram. Uh, I'm at yes. It is I, David, on all the socials. Jason's at JZen Fitness on Instagram. Say hi. Let's see what's the Gmail. Gmail Metalist is Metalist Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. At gmail.com. Yep. 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 Eat your fucking veggies. Always. Fuck your stupid prayers. Yep. Yep. Later. Buenos nachos.